0: And once again we caution you, these stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. Below the crypt lies the vault of horror, a treasure chest of the macabre. Madness. Voodoo. Vampires. Torture. And terror. All the things that make life worth leaving. and how it always will be. The Vault of Horror.
1: Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell, and I'm Langley West, and you're here for episode 127, and we have a guest. We do. Uh, an honored guest, Mr. Thomas, I, the name, pronunciation on your last name, sir, is it Deja or Deja? Actually, it's DJ, like Spinner of Records. Oh, oh, wow. Man. For years, sir, I've been saying your name <laughs> wrong, and I apologize. I've been going Thomas Deja, because I'm thinking it's like Don Juan DeMarco or something. Yeah, Anyways. Um, Tom is a Fango writer. Right, and That's right. where I first came upon your work, sir. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're also an author of books. I, yes. Uh, and you worked f- along with Marvel and a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about where you come from and, um, how you made such a crazy jo- <laughs> job choice like the rest <laughs> of us.
2: Well, I've always been, even as a little kid, I always knew I was going to be a writer. Oh. I put together uh, little books with uh, construction paper covers and brass fasteners to put them together and wrote stories within them. They were generally about giant monsters squashing the hell out of things.
3: Yes.
0: Um,
2: but We like that sort of was, thing around we here. We totally do. <laughs> it wasn't until the 90s I started writing professionally,
0: okay,
2: um, did a lot of horror fiction in various small press magazines, uh, fell into the Fangoria uh, job by accident almost. I was sitting at lunch with my friend Michael Gingold, who was assistant editor at the time, and he was complaining about a writer who had um, bowed out of doing an X-Files
3: episode guide, and I said, I'll do it. It wasn't Tom, was it? No, it wasn't
1: me. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, shit. And
2: <laughs> that, that started a 15-year um, association I had with the magazine that included me editing their fiction, online fiction magazine for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this
1: was under, under Tony, or was it still under Bob?
2: No, it was under Tony.
1: Ah, see, I'm a Tony guy, too.
2: Yeah, I, I eventually had to leave when they decided that paying their freelancers wasn't an optional thing.
3: Mm, yeah. Right. That seems to be a common thread that. I'm glad you said well, that not fan. just. Well, not not. Well, I, I don't mean just with Fangoria, but just print magazines in general. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but we could we could narrow it down and say with Fangoria too, because a lot of people
1: are are, I've been upset by the way things have been handled. With, right. With both the transition with tony out and chris in yeah and i worked under tony and chris and um i have no beef i love both of those guys right uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's just the
3: models changed. yeah
1: the model yeah. has changed take it from me i we published carbon for for a while and you know there's a reason why i don't publish carbon anymore right because it's just it's so hard to keep your head above water yeah. and um so i'm not right. excusing them
3: but on the other hand so I, I was right there with you Tom, were you were you a fan of the magazine prior to, to working for them?
2: I had read it off and on. Right. I don't know if I would call myself a fan, but sure. I read it off. And, of course, I read every issue during that 15 years, whether I was in it or not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can
1: pile them around here
0: somewhere. Yeah.
2: And the last couple of years, I've been concentrating on what they call New Pulp. Hmm. Which is kind of bringing back that old 30s blood and thunder, but with a modern sensibility.
1: I'm interested. That sounds Um,
2: great. Mainly through stories featuring my Frontier Exorcist Don Quavo.
0: I've very loved, cool. I, I love the premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: just giggling because the, the premise makes me giggle, and yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, that's always a good sign. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and two books that I put out. One is called uh, New Roads to Hell. The other one is called Nightmare City. They're part of the Shadow Legion series, which is kind of a superhero in the 40s and 50s.
3: Oh, that's well, a very cool idea. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very cool.
2: So, and the third book is already done, and it should be out either late this year or early next year.
3: Is there a a particular company putting out your stuff?
2: Well, the first two books are out by Airship 27. And you can find them online at, you know, Amazon or Barnes & Nobles. We have it all in Dead Tree, Kindle, and also in earphone version, because we have an audio book of the first book.
3: Oh, cool.
1: Oh, cool. Did you have a hand in any of that?
2: In the audio book, it's yeah. just one day it was I was told, guess what? We have an audio book.
1: Oh, uh, oh okay. That was weird. And that, it, I, I was going to say that. Uh, I have an audio book out, and there was mm-hmm. a process by which uh, pe- readers auditioned, and I got a bunch of tapes of people reading certain chapters. Right, and, right. And, and the publisher asked me, is there anything that did you want them to read particularly? And I'm like, oh, I have exactly what I wanted to read. Right. So I have... All of these different actors reading the line. Pretty please, punch this cunt. <laughs> it's a it's a fight training thing. So it's in this array of voices that I just sometimes play. You should just. I, I was gonna say you should just make
3: a loop of all yeah. these different voices. It just makes me it. laugh. It
1: just. I just imagine these people somewhere like being handed the sides and going, really, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Anyway, I'm sorry, sorry. Me, me it neither. was weird though hearing my own words.
2: Read back to me. Mm.
3: Was it was it weird in that they were doing a different inflection of how you heard it in your head, like you know, <clears throat> different actors will 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 read a line, for example, yeah. from a movie completely differently. The words are the same, but the mm-hmm. but the the implication is different every time for, with different people. Was it weird that way, or was it just weird? well, like for
2: example, I didn't know that all of my all of my female characters were southern. until i heard somebody read them back to me
1: is is that is is the hearing of your fiction writing is it is it is part of your process having it read to you or reading it aloud uh no okay
2: i go through three drafts usually and, um, I usually send it to a couple of beta readers after the after the first draft, sure, when it's still raw material
0: hmm
1: right, I get that to see like am i I call that the am I crazy edit like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, look at this and am i am I nuts on this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just always wonder because I know like caitlin kiernan i uh we spoke once, and she was saying how. The, she writes on, for example, she the words she writes on Monday um, are read aloud Tuesday night, and mm-hmm. Monday night is Sunday's words, you know what I mean? So right. it's sort of leapfrogs, right. and uh, printing out two copies, uh, one to her partner, one to her, Man, and I her can... partner reads it aloud, and she goes over and like, is, this, can... reading, is this reading the way it that's so structured. I could never. I could never
2: do that. Right. right
1: the problem is nailing that other person down to go read my
3: goofy nonsense every day. Right. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: because not everything is gold.
3: When, yeah. So uh, I think it's 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 probably safe to say, considering that you were writing stuff that were giant monsters were destroying things when you were a kid, that you are mm-hmm. a horror fan though, a horror science fiction a monster yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Did you when you were? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know your age. Uh, were you a, a fan of the anthology um, uh, magazines? Not... Like, creepy, eerie. You know, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Jim Warren publications.
2: Not the Jim Warren publications. I was a little young for those. Um, mm-hmm. But I did pick up like the anthologies that DC and Marvel were putting out, particularly the ones the Marvel ones which featured big giant creatures smashing the hell out of things.
3: <laughs> Man, and there were so many good ones, too. I remember, there there are very specific monsters I remember in my head from when I was a kid. But I I don't, You know, I don't have the the issues. I don't even know what the titles were. I just remember, you know, the orange two-headed thing with horns that, you know, and... and, and Well, they had some of the most
2: wonderful names, like Zutok, and my favorite, Gugab,
3: son of Goom. (laughs) Well, that's how Groot got started, right? Yeah. From Guardians of the Galaxy, he was like this big tree monster and he's mm-hmm. like i remember a cover and he's like i am group but he was like a monster that was he was like a kaiju he was like this mm-hmm. monster right. destroying a city it's so I, weird i just love
1: like i just want to be in that room where they're like i got it
3: <laughs> <laughs> zartok zartok <laughs>
1: yeah that's hilarious <laughs> um um so that's awesome you also worked for marvel
2: Yes, I did, during the 90s. I worked as part of their uh, Byron Price prose project.
0: Hmm. Explain what
1: that is to me. We both looked at each other blankly.
2: Um, During the 90s, Byron Price, uh, which was a kind of graphic novel press, put out a series of paperback books that featured the Marvel Comics characters. And I contributed to three of those books, The Ultimate Hulk, the, um, what is it, X-Men Legends, and Five Decades of the X-Men. Oh, wow. And one of those stories, Big Shock, featured giant monsters smashing the hell out of things. (laughs) It just happened to have the X-Men in it.
0: Uh, Sure.
1: Sure, instead of scientists, you have the X-Men. Right, you have the X-Men. The white coat guys and all the Godzilla stuff. That's great. That's great. So um, you had brought up anthologies. Now so I guess that's a g- perfect way to sort of dovetail into. See, our, there's our a method to I my know, madness. See, sir. who <laughs> says alcohol doesn't pay off? Um, anthologies, I think, film anthologies, I think they've they've been around longer than we we think they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one. Well, I mean, I had one from 1945 called "Dead of Night." I saw. That's, what I think,
2: the earliest horror anthology.
1: I want. I can't tell you how much I want to see. I haven't seen this, and I want mm-hmm. to see this. I saw the trailer for it online, and I want to see this thing so bad. Where was it? Who made
3: it? I mean, what? Uh, what uh, Ealing.
2: Who? Ealing made it. Ealing, Ealing Studio. Yeah. yeah.
3: Says your director uh, Charles Crichton.
1: Someone named Cabal Conti. There's a, there a few others. Huh. Um,
3: I, yeah, I'm totally unfamiliar. The synopsis with this I title. have
1: says an architect senses impending doom as his half-remembered, recurring dream begins to turn to reality. Oh wow! And it sounds like people come and they, I know you from my dream or whatever, and they tell their story mm-hmm.
3: and yeah, thing looks great, really crisp I, black I remember, and white. I remember when I was a kid, um, seeing the Illustrated Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, but, but my point was not to interrupt you,
1: but yeah, my, go ahead. Point, my point was is that, I mean, when I think, usually, initially, when I came to this topic, I thought of anthologies, it was a lot of 50s, 60s, 70s Like stuff, amicus. Mm-hmm. Amicus, stuff. amicus, of course. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going to hit amicus in a minute, but yeah. but the idea that, as I'm doing my research now, I'm finding out there were all these examples from 1945 mm-hmm. on that, yeah. it was, that was very interesting. It was little ways of trying it. And I would contend that with the popularity of what the magazines that we were just talking about, the right. Creepies and whatever... Now suddenly people were used to that format and now that's when you see the explosion
3: of amicus Mm -hmm. and the rest of that stuff. Sure. Go. (laughs) Uh, Well, no, I was just going to say, I remember as a little kid seeing The Illustrated Man and thinking to myself at the time, this is a really cool, I probably didn't think of it in these words, but this is a really cool format where we're getting these little stories, these little things, and they're like like quick jabs, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like bit, bit, bit. And, um... I, it's it's like when we talked about short films um they work best as as almost like a joke like mm-hmm. a like a like a, a, a like a long joke where you have this setup and then you have the body and then you have this punchline you know it it yeah. has like some some kind of punctuation at the end I had end. a
1: teacher say short stories get in do a lot of damage and get the fuck out.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: I and I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, been a I I don't understand why they're not more popular these days, especially with your YouTube filmmakers. Oh, I do. Well, I well I think the idea that is that as you're accumulating short films, it's I I think it's a no-brainer to put a wrap around around it and boom, mm-hmm. there's your
3: there's your anthology feature. Uh, well, why they, not? Absolutely, and I, and you know, and people are still doing it, but I think the reason why they're not more popular is because we've had a slew of shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And, and and I think that that. I think that that hurts it, you know, like mm-hmm. that it, it damages the reputation of the anthology. And I think film. it's
1: something you're going to see um, with the superhero movie, too, as well. You're going to see the law of diminishing returns starts to apply mm-hmm. with any genre. And I don't want to pick on just superheroes.
3: Tom, what's the first and horror anthology movie that you can think of that you saw that made an impact on you?
2: As a little kid, and th- these are all amicus films. Yeah. Sure. Um, There's going to a lot th- of those. <laughs> Um, well, there are seven Amicus um, anthologies if you count the Monster Club, which kind of, kind of, sort of is in a gray area. Mm-hmm. And the first one that I remember having a visceral reaction to was Asylum.
0: Yes!
3: Oh my God! Thank yeah. you for 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 cause I, all the way here I'm
1: like I always I, remember the thing of the miniature knight, sort yeah of,
0: the the
2: the little doll things. Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I remember, That's what
2: creeped me out of that thing.
3: Uh, what creeped yeah. me out was the was the ladies' body parts wiggling mm-hmm. around. At, at, you know.
1: <laughs> by the way, uh, Asylum um, available if you look hard enough on in its entirety on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. And also
2: available has a uh, DVD uh, through Blue Underground, which features a twenty-minute featurette on Amicus, which is really nice. fascinating because you know Amicus was created by two men, Milton Sabosky and Max Rosenberg and it fell apart under very um, mysterious circumstances. The interview they do with Max Rosenberg directly contradicts the ones with the friends of Milton Sabotsky, because Sabatsky had passed on by that time. Mm-hmm. So it's usually, it's probably somewhere in between. To quote my friend Derek Ferguson, there are three sides to any story, your side, their side, and the truth. Right.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah. Have you,
1: there's an issue, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, number 20, um, mm-hmm. talks a lot about Amicus. Phil Nutman, if you know Phil?
2: Yeah, I know uh, Phil.
1: Uh wrote this thing and it's amazing. Yeah. It is really amazing. The entire um thing goes over it in minute all of their history and in my duty. For,
3: for for people who aren't familiar, Amicus was the the other English uh Yeah that, to hammer. To, to hammer that, there that were three
2: of, there were three horror studios. Yeah. In England, there was Hammer, who was, of course, the big, the big gorilla. Right. There was Amicus, and then there was Tigan, who was sort of, kind of the retarded younger brother of the other two. <laughs> <laughs> I love you already, Tom. <laughs> I really
0: do.
3: Go ahead. Sorry.
2: What kind but, of stuff like I, was
3: Tigan doing?
2: Tigan did one of my actually one of my favorite horror films, which started out as a horror anthology before they were told to try to make it into a coherent whole, which is blood on Satan's claw.
1: Wow, that takes me back. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: and wow. they
2: also did Wacky, and I can't believe they did it stuff like the Blood Beast Terror, where Wanda Vertum turns into a giant
3: blood-sucking moth. Dude, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that reason. <laughs> right on. Um, I remember uh there was a lot of now. I don't know how much how much of a connection there is between the EC um, anthology comics from the fifties and the Amicus stuff.
1: Oh, tales from the Crypt. Yeah.
3: Right, but I, I I have to imagine there's like there's a direct line there somehow. Well, they did
1: two anthologies
2: that were based on the EC comics. Right, Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, and those I, I just remember like those titles. Yeah. This then, is all mm-hmm. for me, Bob
1: Wilkins stuff. Like this is stuff that at, at a certain age, Bob Wilkins took my hand um, and and led me towards all of this stuff. Right. Played so much of this stuff on a lot of features. this stuff
3: for me is late night. Yeah, 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 Late-night yeah, creature, yeah. Creature television it, stuff. There
1: was this package that all the, all these broadcasters would buy, and they would get these big bundles of films, and and they'd find little things in there. Right. Like That's
3: why Creature Feature is so weird because it was a it was a brand, but it was a mm-hmm. brand that was different mm-hmm. from town to town Where across did, the United States. Yeah. Days. Well,
2: here in New York, we had Chiller Theater, there we which go. was on WPIX Channel 11. It didn't have a horror host. But it did have this creepy animation, which is available on YouTube if you look <laughs> it up. This creepy animation of a six-fingered hand coming out of a swamp and dripping the name of the of the oh cool the show I'm there. out of its fingers.
1: That's so cool. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Landy grew up in Illinois. I grew
3: up at 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 the time that 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 was a big thing. I was in in. Uh, the northern Illinois, the Chicagoland area, and so okay. W- so you had you had Yeah. Oh God, we had Spenguly on channel thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the original guy. It, it, the original guy, and what was funny was there was there was Creature Features, which was like on WGN before it became WGN the super station. Yeah. And um, and then we had um, Screaming Yellow Theater, which was mm-hmm. Spenguly, and I remember. Like, even as, like, a four-year-old, making a distinction between the the types of movies, you know, that would, like, -hmm. like for the good stuff, I watched Creature Feature because, you know, you'd see Dracula, you'd see Frankenstein, you'd see the Universal Monsters. But uh, Sven Gulli is the guy that introduces you to Ed Wood and, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Ted V. Michael. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ted yeah, I remember Bob. Did.
1: Bob playing, and this is anyway. Bob playing Night of the Living Dead in its entirety, like uncut. and That was a big deal. We right. all stayed home and watched it. Yeah, great stuff. Um, uh, but go ahead. What you were saying about Amicus?
2: Well, like I said, there were seven Amicus anthologies. Two of them were based on EC Comics properties: The Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror. Two were based on R- Robert Block. Um yes. properties, Torture Garden and Asylum, and two are based on R. Chetwin Hayes' work. R. Chetwin Hayes is not really well known in America, but he's a big deal in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be The Monster Club and From Beyond the Grave.
1: Okay. He's the name of like great... <laughs> Wallace that people don't know here, yeah. but they should. Go ahead.
2: And the great thing about anthology films I find is that if you don't like one story, just wait about two minutes and another one's coming.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, which which of the um, EC-based ones had the, um, I'm trying to remember, it's it's literally been decades since I've seen mm-hmm. any of these films. I remember a hallway, a very narrow hallway that was lined uh, with razors. Blind alley. Yes. Oh, my store. God. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes,
0: yeah.
2: that is in Tales of the Crypt. It's the final story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so good. With the
1: dogs there. Eh? Yeah. I just like yeah. the whole of the Grimsdike story it was great in that. The Peter Cushing thing. Yes. It's because he, it was Peter Cushing, and are yeah. taking advantage of him, and then he gets—he's so <laughs> nice. Yeah, <and laughs> he comes back from the grave. It's just <laughs> badass.
2: Now, Vault of Horror featured the uh, the pub for vampires, um, the the Indian rope trick story. Right. Yeah. The, I remember that? Yeah. The story where uh, the Fourth Doctor Who is an artist. <laughs> And there was one
3: other that I don't quite remember. I don't have it listed. I'm trying to think. With the 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 one One of them, Tom Baker. Yeah, that's was the actor who yeah, yeah, mentioned. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 Tom Baker plays an
2: artist who um, gets a hold of a special paint set.
3: It was like it was like watching something like Night Gallery. Mm -hmm. but but tighter and yeah.
1: yeah and that's why I think when Night Gallery came on it was like oh
3: I get this yeah totally you know yeah and then, but but who is it that we
1: just have on that was talking about that they just went back and rewatched a lot of the old night galleries and they, and they don't hold up. Um.
3: I don't remember. But yeah, they're a little. Dated. Well, the, yeah, I I've gone back recently and watched a lot of the night gallery stuff, and what struck me was they're all on Hulu. Uh, I want to say. I, yeah, I think they are. And what struck me was they um, they they were trying to. Um, some of the stories were too long. And so they dragged, like they really needed a, yeah. you know, an editor. It but, um, because there were a couple of Night Gallery episodes where it was one story. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I never got the feeling that Rod Serling's heart was in that one.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, clearly
1: it was like uh, he had already been through the ringer and probably already fostered a pretty good hate towards the, <laughs> the towards network. Towards the networks, yeah. Um, and wanting to get on there and do really cool stuff, and then being hobbled by whatever. Yeah. But there yeah. were some, some crackers in there. There was one about Richard Thomas as a Sin Eater that was really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the
2: adaption of Pickman's Models. Yeah, oh, yeah. that
1: one's
3: that was cool.
1: Remember the one, the Indian one with the doll? The, he, the, guy, mm-hmm. they, the doll gets shipped to his house. Right.
3: Do you remember the one with the old lady who... who um. Uh, 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 she at, at some point she gets killed and buried on her property, and, and she was bragging about how everything grows. Okay. And the guy comes back to her house, and she's now she, she's dead now, but she's in her chair, and she's got like roots coming out of her legs, cool. and she's like, I love that I skill. told you everything grows. <laughs> <laughs> so great,
1: yeah, so great, great, so great. Um, but go ahead. I, I told you, we go off in the yeah, weeds we, we, so often.
0: Okay. We, we so often are just like,
3: oh, by the way, that reminds me of this soda that I like. Well,
0: <laughs> right? the
2: other thing about Night Gallery is that they, ha- they had rivals. Right. There was Circle of Fear on, uh, I think it was on CBS. There was ESP that was on ABC. So they were competing, with, unlike Twilight Zone, which was its own little separate thing.
3: ESP reminded me when you said that, it reminded me of a show called The Sixth Sense. I remember The Sixth Sense, Gary Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mhm. It it brought the word
1: parapsychology into the zeitgeist. Right. People suddenly already knew all about right. it. But it yeah.
3: So we so so we had this kind of uh glut of really really cool anthology horror films mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in 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 and primarily in the 60s, yeah.
2: Yeah. The sixties, although um some of them were made in I think I think Tales, Vaults.
1: Well like I, House of Drip Blood was was not Was in, seventy. Was
2: seventy one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seventy one. Um Asylum was seventy two, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: then uh, came Asylum is seventy two, yes.
2: Then came Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror then a couple of years later, we get from, from Beyond the Grave, otherwise known as Creatures from Beyond the Grave. And then back in 1980, we get The Monster Club, which is one wacky film.
3: <laughs> and you're saying it kind of falls in a gray area. How so?
2: Yeah. By
3: that time, Sabotsky
2: and Rosenberg had, had their falling out. So even though it's considered an amicus film, it's not officially an amicus film. And they were trying to change with the times. So, whereas Hammer just added more blood and boobs and pop music, the Monster Club just put in pop music. There are six musical numbers in the Monster <laughs> Club by such bands as UB-40.
1: <laughs> I just remember the big case it came in when it came, finally came out when, um, right. on, on uh, VHS. It right. was this giant case. Yeah.
3: What was the what was the hammer? Um, was it Horror Express? No, no, Horror Express is a Spanish English
2: co-production.
3: So there was there was a uh, an anthology film, and Peter Cushing's on a crane. That's the first
2: Amicus film, Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. Oh, okay, okay, right,
3: right, right, right.
2: He's a tarot reader.
3: Yes,
1: yes. yeah, and that's the the, the whole.
0: The,
1: setup. the the
2: framing sequence, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 And it, oh, it didn't take much. Four people walk into a room, and someone goes, Oh, explain why you're here. Right, <laughs> right. Well, but
2: that, that literally is the vault, is uh, the Tales from the Crypt.
0: Right, yeah.
2: Four uh, people uh, wander into a cemetery, and there's Ralph Richardson in a robe going, I've got you all here to tell you your fates.
0: <laughs>
1: But isn't it this I mean the same thing in this thing it's a, four people sit down to have their tarot cards yeah. read and
3: there you go I, I guess that's the difficult thing isn't it when you when you're when you're trying <laughs> to bring together all these different things is how do we tie them all together how, what is the framing device
0: Yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly you know and, and nowadays you see a lot of like I just saw a trailer the other maybe a week ago for something like this it was uh, you know four friends out on a on a drive and their car breaks down and they and they <laughs> camp and they begin to tell stories, uh-huh. and
0: there
2: you go. Right. You know. One of my favorite uh, tra- uh, framing sequences is from a little-known anthology film called Grim Prairie Tales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where James Earl Jones gets to play a mad trapper <laughs> who comes across, <laughs> comes across Brad DeReef camping out in the middle of the desert, and he tells the story about, you know, it, you know... The Indians, when it got really cold, used to kill a buffalo and cry inside and feed off the warmth. So if you ever get cold, you just let me know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they
2: tell, they tell three
0: stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just love, there's nothing better than James Earl Jones and like, like in Conan in a bad wig. right? just acting yeah. his ass off. I, just love I always
2: imagine that there's a moment when when one of these producers comes up with one of these wild ideas. When James Earl Jones says yes, they just assume he said no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I,
1: I keep imagining James Earl Jones sitting in a chair someplace, having a smoke, like, button it out, going, all right, <laughs> getting up, <laughs> let's go. <laughs>
0: hilarious,
1: hilarious. Well, you know, speaking of um, favorites... Uh, I I told myself I would, I had to bring up um, Kobayashi's Quaidan, mm. which is mm-hmm. sort of a feel from what we're talking about, but when does that ever stop? <laughs> um, right. I love Kwaidan. Uh Just visually, and the s- stories are so. I always love peeks into other cultures via their. Right. Sure. The product of their imagination.
3: Yeah. Well, and it's and just beautiful. And that brings to mind one of my favorite anthology films that has nothing to do with horror whatsoever is um, Mishma. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I never
1: never really thought of that as an anthology film, but it absolutely is. It kind of is. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's about
3: the same guy, but it's, you know, each story is its own little thing. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, yeah, you're right. It's really cool to see these different,
0: perspective. Well yeah,
1: we were talking about uh setups. Uh I s- recently saw a an anthology film that whose name escapes me right now, but it was from Pakistan and it was essentially right. it was essentially our car broke down. And I've mentioned this film before. It's the one with the haunted apples where the apples kept appearing on the person's bed and it, everyone was really scared by it all and I'm like I, I don't get it <laughs> but clearly it, it was something within their cultural sort of framework sure. that made apples reappearing on your bed a, a really terrible thing
3: I'd be scared if like apples were just randomly appearing out of nowhere and I'd... But,
0: it, but it's free apples well sure <laughs>
3: This ghost or whatever is obviously looking Thanks, out for ghosty. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Just keeping an eye on our uh,
1: nutritional supplements. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> no scurvy here. <laughs> My God isn't scurvy, is it? Apples wouldn't help. That would scurvy. be oranges. That would be oranges.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: let's see. Um, they. Now it seems that a lot of the anthology film has been relegated to low budget filmmaking. Sure. It yeah. Is, it is essentially what I was saying about you know guys taking small budgets and they just did one, Tales of Halloween, that um,
3: was uh, awful.
1: A lot of good people were involved in that. Right. Um, but
3: I love the I love the uh, the Krapus design in that. Or, is there, or am I thinking you're of thinking, a different movie? You're thinking
1: of the other one, Santa Claus, the one with the Santa Claus. in with uh, the Santa Christmas. Claus, Yeah, okay. I wrote that down. Go ahead yeah. and keep talking
3: and I'll find it. But I well, didn't... the last big
2: budget anthology was Never Made It to the Screen, which was Trick or Treat.
3: Right, and man, I I got to tell you, that movie, that's a Good movie. I love that yes. movie. Trick or Treat. Yeah, it's Yeah, that's, here we go. A
1: Christmas Story is what it was uh, called okay, in okay. 2015. Right. where Santa fights this really cool Krampus. Tree. Really cool
3: Krampus. Sorry, um, go ahead. But yeah, Trick or Treat is is a uh, r- relatively recent anthology film or mm-hmm. anthology horror
2: yeah.
0: film. This
3: is uh,
2: 2012, I want to say. 2011. Yeah, oh like boy. 20, 27. No, so, yeah. so 10 years ago.
3: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. man, it was cool. And uh
1: it had that philosophy that sort of innocence that you you got mm-hmm. in some of these other ones and so uh, when the horror happens, it makes it even more right. Cool. Where I think like something like Tales of Halloween, it was too there was too much side eye in the audience like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you see that what we did there? Right, mm-hmm. We're kind of we're smart, ain't we?" You know, and just actors that don't belong in it. Right. But it have like I say, it had um it had a lot of good people in it. Uh mm-hmm. directing it. Bowsman, Adam Garage, Neil Marshall, Lucky McGee, Mike yeah. Mendez,
3: John Skip. That but on. I but I think sometimes that can work against you because yeah. you've got so many different flavors you're pouring into this cooks. pot. And, right and it just doesn't it doesn't necessarily yeah. Has
1: anyone seen one that came up, um Spirits of the Dead from sixty <gasps> eight?
3: With uh Jane Fonda.
1: Yeah, Bridget Bardot, Jane Fonda, Alan, Alain De Leon, uh Terence Stamp. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Fellini, Louis
0: Maul. What? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: they're still they're post- based on Poe stories, but you wouldn't know
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? It's it's wacky. Wow. It's I, I I've always looked at it and gone I should watch that and then I look at it the runtime's all like four hours yeah something crazy long <laughs> and you're like man maybe not. <laughs>
3: I got shit to do. It's barely an anthology. It's a bunch of movies put together. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, but it was interesting because it shows how far this sort of model reached at one point. I mean, when Fellini's signing on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's something.
3: I, I don't remember a lot of horror anthologies from the 70s. I remember a lot from the 60s. And I remember ones in the '80s. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of it going on in the '70s. Am I well, wrong? Well, some of
1: these that we were talking about are early '70s. '72 okay. was was Tales from the Crypt. Sure. Uh, Illustrated yeah. Man '69. House of Blood '71. From Beyond the Grave was '74. You know? Yeah, although
2: it didn't reach America till the very late '70s.
1: Yeah. Right. You're probably right. It's part of the package, right? These Did a lot of these play theaters? I want to say they must have. Oh, yeah, it? they did. Here in America. The only one,
2: uh, yeah. I think the only one that didn't uh, play the theaters was the Monster Club. Hmm. All of, the, and all of them were released wow. into, into theaters. This is back when, one, we had a lot of movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And two, there was no VHS or DVD for these low-budget films to go to. So they went to grindhouses and low-rent, second-run theaters.
1: Yeah, back when you could spend the day at the movies, right? Mm-hmm. You would know, see an, two or three features. It was that ev- would, event viewing. It was like a sh- they had a whole program going. Yeah, I remember there was a theater in the in uh, the eighties in uh, San Francisco called Strand that would change what they were showing like every other day. Wow! And they would mm-hmm. do things like Magnificent Seven and Seven Samurai together.
0: Sure. Just
3: kind of like the theater version of the Z Channel. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the, what, yeah, well, what the RFL well, is we had... doing now. Go Here in New York, we had the Thalia. There we go. We had the Thalia and we had the Cinema
2: Village. And both of them would, they would have festivals. In fact, every, I think it was, I want to say every August, they had a Exploitation Horror Festival. That's where I got to see Near Dark and Captain Cronus Vampire Hunter mm. together on a double bill.
3: Man, that would have been awesome. Yeah.
1: I remember uh, Orgy of the Living Dead in, in, in theater. There was They played like three of them um and the names are escaping
3: me but i just remember going really happy of the living dead you t- you don't tell them you're going to see the orgy of the living dead you tell them that you're going to the orgy <laughs> the of the dead. living dead <laughs> and they're like yeah, oh, yeah, of yeah. course you are Tom
1: and uh uh now they've they've uh they're they seem to be kind trying to get him back in vogue again with things like chillerama and and um ABCs mm-hmm. of death Specifically, and why yeah. are VHS. Well,
3: I was I was going to ask you guys if you and
2: VHS. Let's not forget, yeah, right, yeah VHS. Yeah.
3: I was going to ask you guys if you thought that the model that ABCs of Death uses could be considered an anthology film. Absolutely. Okay,
1: I think so. Do you?
3: Well, it's not a very good one, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. right. The pro- I think its biggest problem is is that where. All the advantages of what we're doing here with Anthology Films, the idea of making a tight little machine. Right. Um, mm-hmm.
3: They like the framing device.
1: Yeah, well, A, and B, you're dividing your time up so, like ABCs of Death, so much that it's like, I can't tell. I can't imagine trying to tell a story in five minutes, right. ten minutes.
2: Yeah, so they're nothing but money shots.
3: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, there's one ABCs of Death short that I dearly love. Is and, that the and, handheld thing with the zombies? Oh, God, no. It's handheld. I, I wouldn't watch <laughs> it. <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh, um, uh, Dogfight.
1: Oh, yeah. Dogfight is great. Dogfight is amazing. That's a great little that.
3: short, man. That's uh, a really good short.
1: I like the short format, both in film and in fiction. But, you know, I, I just, love... There I go.
3: What a brave stance I'm taking. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I love short films, but there isn't there really isn't a market for them and i think that's why we have the anthology film there mm-hmm. yeah, you play festivals and that's about it yeah is, is there any love here for cat's eye
1: uh yeah if only for
2: smokers incorporated
3: oh right. really and for me it's the all first about and thought with james wood
0: yeah yes
2: yeah,
3: james that's the james wood story mhm that's Agreed. a, a which, by the way, is a great story, whether great you're story. reading it in, in King's book or, or watching it there. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really cool story. For me, that movie was all about the framing device. I love that little troll. I love that design of that yeah. little guy, dude. It was stop motion, mm-hmm. yeah? No, no, it was all a guy in a suit. No, it was a
1: Carlo, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it was a Carlo,
2: I can't, never remember how to pronounce
3: his name. Rimbaldi.
2: Rimbaldi. The guy that's the well, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Rimbaldi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing was very cool. I, I, I've always dug that. Um, and then I'm trying to think, when did we get the, uh, when did we get the, um, the return of the anthology horror television series with Tales from the Crypt and uh, my favorite, Tales from the Dark Side.
1: Tales from the Dark Side? Yeah. Well,
3: the, I was going to say
1: the movie was in 1990. So. Yeah,
2: but Tales from the Dark Side was in the '80s. I would want like right. to say '80 three eighty four and then you had monsters spin out of that.
3: hmm. Man, Monsters was cool. Yeah. it was cheap. Well remember there
1: was also like Freddy's Nightmares that were out was out at the same time. Yeah. And, you Wasn't know,
3: there a Friday the thirteenth that had nothing to do with Yeah, but yeah. that was Go ahead. Well it was kind of an anthology
2: because it dealt with a different cursed object every every week. Yeah. That's right.
3: That's right, that's right.
1: And there was the singer, I forget her name, something role in
3: it. Roby. Roby. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah she, that was a big deal, I remember, working in Tower and everyone going, getting all excited about that.
3: Because she was working yeah. in, the, in this.
1: Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> in a horror thing. It's like. <laughs> sure, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, and then, like, you, you, you see stuff like uh, Theater Bazaar. Talk about low budget thing. You know, the other thing that really surprised me as I think of it. Um, Mur- a book, uh, I mean, uh, a film called Murder Collection, Volume One. We, it's kind of ties into what we we're talking about last week. It's a Fred Vogel picture. Oh, so it's an anthology film made by the Toe guys. Right. So we're talking probably talk about money shot, Tom. You know, just this is going to be just like okay. a loop, like a loop for. Um, as a porn loop, or just a, just the important right. parts. That's what this is, sounds like. I haven't seen it, it just but I imagine like it being a um, co tag thing and it being pretty pretty like on the nose.
3: Some fucked up murder after another fucked up murder after another yeah, fucked up yeah, murder. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. We did a show. Getting
2: last back, so as I say, getting back briefly to the the horror and the television horror mm-hmm. anthology that led to the creation because of a of a failed pilot that John Carpenter put together of body bags.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, and he was the framer, right? The he was the crypt
2: keeper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was the mortician.
3: I I really, 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 really enjoyed um, Tales from the Dark Side. Mm-hmm. I felt that that mm-hmm. uh, the I don't know the writing was stronger with those stories. Well, for it was some all reason. Laurel, right? It was all Romero
1: and and his team. And, yeah,
3: yeah. And so they they were and Richard Finstein.
1: Right, right, yeah. right, and and they were luring and they were giving luring people in and giving people chances. That uh, I want to say, Lizzie, the thing in the closet. Tom Savini was Tom Savini's first thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Directing. So and we, it was have great. we have them to blame. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. It was
3: great. Yeah, absolutely. We have them to blame. I'm just taking a shot at Tom. Um,
1: no, because I I love I've said it before in the show I I dearly love his Night of the Living Dead. There's some great. Oh, stuff so in do there. I. Yeah, yeah. There's some great stuff in there. Yeah. And uh, John Vulich in Optic Nerve just knocking out of the park with some of the most realistic zombies. That was the first time in, in zombie cinema that I saw a zombie, and I went,
3: really? "That looks like a dead guy." Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So. That big guy upstairs.
1: No, my favorite zombie is in that is. Terry Funk in the he's the graveyard zombie ah, and the yeah, setup for that where where it's this it's this shell game that happens where it's like here's the here's a funeral director that you think is a zombie but he's not and here's you know here's the guy the autopsy zombie and here's this and here's that and it's right. sort of and when he finally reveals himself it's just like god damn
0: yeah
1: like that thing is scary yeah John Volich I just want to bring up John Volich yeah rest uh, in peace yeah rest in peace John Volich um, let's see. But then again... We talked for a, a second... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, then again, also talking about Laurel, Um, out on DVD, there's something called um, Dead Time Stories. George
3: Romero presents Dead Time Stories. I remember the title, but I don't remember the, the product.
1: They're awful. <laughs> They're really awful. Like, have yeah. You, have you seen these, Tom?
2: And not to be confused with Dead Time Stories, the 1980s anthology series, right. uh a A's anthology movie that was made in and around Long Island,
1: right here in New Scott York. Scott Valentine acts. That's all you need. Remember Scott Valentine? I do remember it was that. was this big heartthrob yeah, on like yeah, yeah. Family yeah. or um, But the Romero stuff is really terrible. It's like community theater level actors and and guys that are learning to you know the boom comes down every now and again. <laughs> right, right. You know, and that was really too bad. And just when you. Th-
2: and just when you think Deadtime Stories was the worst, along comes Creep Show Three.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Which is possible is even worse than that.
1: Yeah, I always think of Creep Show Three as like, you know those supermarket dash things where they go, You got two minutes to grab whatever yeah. all the money right. you want. <laughs> and that's what Creep Show Three reminds me of there. Having well, said, Go ahead, Tom.
2: Well, you know, Tales from the Dark Side was supposed to be Creep Show Three.
1: Yeah, that would have been that's yeah. That that makes sense. That was supposed to be Creep Show three,
2: but they decided to change it into its own into Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Um in fact the middle story, the story with David Johansson fighting the the cat. Right. That was originally written for Creepshow Show two, but they ran out of budget.
3: Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Creep Show we haven't really talked about Creep Show. No. So Creep Show is is a fine example of a horror anthology, at least in the in the eighties uh, or whenever. It yeah, came talk out.
1: about a literal reference to all the eerie stuff. Yeah,
3: absolutely. There, there, yeah. The um the, the story with Stephen King. Uh, uh
1: Jody mm-hmm. Barrel.
3: Yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid having a comic book, um with that exact same story, that right. exact—I mean, literally, right. like the meteor lands, the plants go nuts. And I remember
1: them promoting it as like you know the mash- the two masters of horror mm-hmm. getting together and right. Um, and at the time, I remember thinking bugs like that. That's what we get from the masters of horror is bugs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but in hindsight, I it don't.
0: Mean, yeah,
2: well, that story—the the, the they're coming to get you story. That builds up to the one ick moment. Sure. Right. Of the cockroaches crawling out of E.G. Marshall.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and it's. And it happened. But when you look a little. You, you go back and look at it. There's some great, great stuff.
3: Man, the crate.
1: in the crate is oh, great. The crate is The like... makeup on Galen Ross and Ted Danson in the, uh, the I Can Hold My Breath a Long time yeah. sequence. Something,
2: something to, tie, something tied you, to over. you over. over. Tied you
1: over, yeah, yeah. So good, yeah. Uh, at the last Cryptocon... but
2: for me, the freakiest story was not from Creep Show One, but Creep Show Two: the raft.
3: Oh yeah, the raft is great, man. Yeah, it both as both as a Stephen King story and at, in that mm-hmm. film, it's mm-hmm. it's so cool. Yeah, um, great idea. It's a great idea. It's a monster that's not a monster, and you don't. You never. You don't know why. You don't know where it came from. Don't You're never to. told. It's to. eaten me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy in that. That's a fine example of that. Like, there's never that hand-on-hip moment where it's like, well, you know, there used to be a blah, 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 blah yeah, yeah, road yeah. And, 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 and,
3: I, and yeah, And where, where that exposition in some projects I think is okay, in most projects, get rid of it. Like, nobody... Yeah, we like, don't care. We don't care. We don't need the scientists explaining to us, well, this chemical right. cause, blah, blah, blah. Because mm-hmm. you know...
2: Sometimes it. nature just hates you. Yes. Yeah, right, right.
1: Yeah. It's like wanting to know, you know, like, oh, tell me about yourself. This is the shark that's eating you? No one cares. <laughs> right. At least of right. all the sharks. Right. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but, but yeah, Creepshow, absolutely. Uh, uh, just a real... It has that innocence, and but it, that, that sly sort of looking at the audience and it works this
3: time because everyone's in on the joke right Um, and that's that's important there's a humor to that stuff mm -hmm. just like there was with the ec comics it's almost like you're almost chuckling at the
1: yeah the pun yeah exactly like we went all this way for that pun yeah (laughs) so i guess at this point um Do you want to to kind of talk more about, or go around and talk about some of the, some titles that we, we like and would recommend? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, go ahead. Tom, go ahead. Um,
2: I would go, like I said, Grim Prairie Tales is one of my favorites. (laughs) And features a, I never thought I'd see that on screen moment. That is that Neil Gaiman must have saw when he uh, went to write American Gods. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs>
2: um, and it's funny. It's like of the Amicus stuff, there. There's usually one or two that I, one or two stories I like. For example, if you put together the the voodoo story from uh, Te- House That Dripped Blood and Blind Alley, and that creepy story from From Beyond the Grave with uh, Donald Pleasance and his creepy looking daughter. Angela Pleasance. Oh. Mm.
3: That is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. imagine
2: Donald Pleasance's face on a much
3: younger body if that's a woman. <laughs> um, is it in here? That is creepy. That is. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Quit touching yourself. I oh, liked the,
2: also one that's coming out on Blu ray pretty soon, which is Tales from the Hood.
3: There we go. I, I was glad somebody brought that up. Yeah. Um,. Tales from the Hood was cool because it was, it really was, um, I don't know, one of the first times that I can remember, aside from Blackula and stuff like that, where we, we, mm-hmm. were, where we were taking that look at, at horror.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Especially in the short story format.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, one, one that I wanted to bring up was a film called Fears of the Dark. Um, me me grab the year on it. Um, it's animated. Oh my god,
3: dude, that thing is
1: so badass. It's so good. Not 2007? Yeah. Um, several scary black and white animated sequence uh in different art styles appeal to our fears of the dark. That and the thing that's on um Netflix. Now the what is the animated thing? I just covered my mouth. Um <laughs> that Del Toro had a hand in. God damn it.
3: Uh it it had to do with Poe.
1: Poe, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it. I know it's what God you're talking about. But, but it's it, on I, Netflix.
3: I can't remember. But it's also it's also very good. Yeah. But man, the Fierce of the Dark is It's great. It's kick ass.
1: It's also what's great is more <laughs> it's more of that, you know, looking at you know how different people look at the same sort of Right. You know. On 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 genre, yeah, it's always interesting.
3: Um, for me, first and foremost, um, Asylum. Asylum mm-hmm. holds a special yes. dear place in, in my heart, and I don't know if that has to do with me being a certain age when I saw it, or I, yeah. I, I don't know if it. I don't know if it's nostalgia, but it, it, anyway, it it really, really, really works for for me. Um, and if people have it also
2: features, best, oh, ahead, it, features it also features one of the best. Sorry. Go ahead,
3: Tom. It also
2: features one of the probably the best framing sequence of the Amicus films. A, a framing sequence that was so cool that another uh, studio ripped it off for their far inferior anthology film, Tales That Witness Madness tales
3: that witness Mad- it's a great title though. i
1: love that title <laughs> my last
3: book was almost <laughs> called that
0: tales my that last that collection was almost called that
3: um but i i think we would be remiss and this is lacking the this is lacking the framing sequence but i yeah, i think it still qualifies as an anthology film and that's a trilogy of terror
1: sure i was going oh.
3: to yeah dude yeah. man well, when when you mention that everyone Always just goes right to Amelia, right, uh, and the Zuni fetish and doll. and the Zuni fetish doll. Uh, that was the best sequence. It was smart to put that at the as the last mm-hmm. story. Yeah, uh, you
2: always want to finish strong in one of these things. Sure. Yeah, um, you
3: know,
1: before she died, we for another podcast I worked on years ago, we we interviewed Karen Black, and yeah. she said like
3: she just hated that doll. Really, <laughs> <She laughs> I can imagine like that, that doll. Doll. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was great in it. And she was great in all three stories. And they're all Richard Matheson stories. hmm. You can't do any better. Like, you know, you like Richard Matheson's footprint is so strong in television and in film. Sure. And right. So many and Dan things. Curtis. Oh, involved. yeah. So, absolutely. You
1: know, you had that whole, you know, at that point, Dan Curtis could do it in a row. Yeah. Mm
3: hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's well, those would be my two that you, that if people haven't seen them, they gotta mm-hmm. see. With with a special mention for Trick or Treat because it, Trick or Treat is just such a joy. Mm-hmm. Tom, do you have another one?
2: Um, well, let's see. We mentioned Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Um, even though it's more science fictiony, there is one segment in this that is pure nightmare fuel. And that's
3: heavy metal. Oh yeah. Mm. You remember there's the one segment with the uh, World War II bombers? Man, with uh, with heavy metal, the song heavy metal playing. Mm hmm. That's bad. Man, man,
1: I, they keep threatening
3: to do another one of those. And you know who is? Uh, well, the uh, second one they did. Brent Morson's
1: at the helm of it now.
2: Really. Right?
3: Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the second one? That what was it? Uh, Tom, what was it? Um, Metal Two Thousand or something like yeah, that. I never
2: saw it. Although I almost, I, I dodged that bullet because they Good. wanted me to write the com the, the tie in novel for it. Oh, oh shit! But because it never reached cinemas, I dodged that bullet.
3: Man, that that I just movie. remember
1: Julie Strain. On,
3: Julie Strain was a big part of it, and it sucked ass. It was so bad. But man, the first one is great. It it's like it's like fantasia for the fucked up. That's just how I see it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that and that you're right, that sequence that mm-hmm. that's the only cartoon that I can think of that kinda gave me the woolies. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that sequence mm-hmm. is like fucked up, man. These guys that's yeah. a good pull.
1: Yeah, I did. I yeah. didn't, wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm going to name a couple of things that um, are off the beaten track. Number one, 2008's Phobia. It's four B I A. Uh huh. Thailand. Mm-hmm. It's from Thailand. Mhm. Um. It's it's a it's one of those things. It's 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 the this model. Sort of juxtapose onto onto a type sort of expression. Sure, it was great. And I also want to mention um, three extremes, uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I love a film that you know
3: where, where you don't
1: feel safe with the directors. Sure, and you kind of feel that way. By the um, way, did did, did
3: is, is there uh, anybody here dig the VHS movies or or one of them or? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, so so. I'm with you, um,
1: and also I want to throw out real quickly. Uh, 63 Black Sabbath, the Mario. Oh, of course. Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because it's Baba, and I get weak in the knees. Right. When I think of that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the Werdelach story in that with with uh, Boris Karloff playing that sort of kind of vampire.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm trying to think. Did um. Not just Franco, the other guy. He did the Waldemar movies.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not Walden. Well
0: the other guy. The... Oh, I know. Oh, right? I know <laughs> exactly who. You, and
2: I'm trying. I'm <laughs> I trying. I know <laughs> who you're talking about. <laughs>
1: well, I'll think of it.
2: <laughs> I got to meet him thanks to Fangoria. Did you really? Oh, cool. <laughs>
1: that guy we don't remember. <laughs> that guy that who saved You don't not remember yet. Franco.
0: Like, so you no, know, it's not
2: Franco. It's uh. Yeah, he was
1: great. <laughs> he was great. Keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> Jesus. Baltimore, the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Although, of course. When I met him at Fangoria, at he, he was very old. He was talking about bringing Voldemort back. <laughs> I'm sure he was. And he showed like a clip show of some of his favorite movies that he was in, and there was one that featured a guy in a executioner's mask in a punk rock group
1: <laughs> what
2: <laughs> and I want to say I want to see this film yeah, sign
1: me up alright as soon as my internet
0: uh
2: well, look up Frankenstein's bloody terror because that's the the name it came pa-
3: out Paul, is... Mashey. Paul Mashey Paul Mashey
1: there we go jeez the the Spanish werewolf guy. You would have to think that he had done a couple of these, right? Just to be mm-hmm. able to, because he was so prolific. He was
3: so prolific, and and so, and it was it was cool because it was it was traditional monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, it was werewolves. It was Why vampires, come up with something so. new? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. you know, one of the others that that um, came to my my that I didn't I had forgotten about. Uh, the strange world of Coffin Joe.
0: Oh, oh yes.
1: It's kind of a it's kind of an anthology movie. Sure. I'll be honest. I don't get Coffin Joe. A lot of people I know <laughs> really love those films. Yeah. Um, I'd love to find someone that does. You know, and, and, and have uh, them come on <laughs> and and yourself, explain
3: son. why 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 Coffin Joe is so bad. I mean,
1: they're wild in their other world. But you know, Paul Nashie, um he he was doing like what is that something sangre like really low budget gore films out of South America or mm-hmm. Spain mm-hmm.
3: Um, before he died. Uh, and he, you know for gore shows they're great. But. He was somebody who who had that work ethic ground hard into them. Like he sure. he was always making something. And, before, like,
1: it's like Mieki or... Right, know, exactly.
3: Else. It's like there was never a time when that guy wasn't um, cranking something out. And,
1: and the other thing I wanted to mention before we, we, we go away is uh, uh, Double X. Um, I think Double X is an important film. I haven't seen it, I'll be honest with you, um, but it's in my queue. Double X is the one that Jovanka Vukovic
3: worked right. on. Right, just all, recently. Yeah, it's all female Filmmakers. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really. Looking, have you seen it, Tom? No, I have not. Yeah, I'm really curious about it.
1: But um, I, th- I just want to bring it up because you know I think we, uh, f- female filmmakers.
3: That's, that's important. It's important. But beyond They're, that, it the stories look great. They look. Yeah. It looks solid. Yeah, Del Toro behind it. Yeah. I want to say. And yeah. Um, yeah, you're. I agree. I would, dude. I'd love to see Del Toro do an anthology film now that would be that would oh, be cool
1: my heart i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that would be
3: awesome that would be awesome
1: um i'm trying to figure are there any pickups that we that we missed I mean, I,
3: we've like always yeah we have missed so many i'm sure um i was thinking about um masters of horror yes uh which I, I didn't have I didn't cable miss... when when that stuff was around, so I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't quite understand. Was it a series? Was it not a series? I became familiar with them when they came out on DVD, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it was a series, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Showtime, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... It was
2: on Showtime, and then for one very unfortunate season on NBC.
3: Whoa! Really?
2: They changed
1: the name to Fear itself. Oh
2: my
0: God! Oh, right, that, yeah, man. Right, right, right,
3: right.
1: God, I guess that brings up amazing stories too, right? Sure, mm-hmm. in a yeah. weird sort of a way.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, Masters of Horror,
1: sometimes solid,
3: sometimes not. Well, that's the I get that's that's the risk you take when you have completely different people doing an ep, a different mm-hmm. episode.
1: And it was always surprising. Like some of the ones that I really liked were, you know, well, Head and shoulders above all the rest are, is Mies. yeah. Um, but but the one Brad Anderson did about sound, I thought that was a really interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. use of of that um, that little device. Uh, you don't see that a lot. Like right. how do you make how do you make a, uh, sound scary? Right. In any and
2: Jennifer was probably the best thing Dario Argento had yeah. did for years.
3: Grade, Jennifer. It's a Bernie Wrightson it's story. It's a right? Bernie Wrightson story, yeah. Well I don't know if he wrote it, but it, he did the art for yeah, it. his name is yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And man,
3: it's great. And and the um the film adaptation is, is pretty well the The, the makeup is, is cool. They did a really good Very job on cool. the makeup. It's a great idea.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But Argento, man yeah. We've never done an Argento show. We probably should. We probably point. should. Um,
2: I'm I'm down for that one. <laughs> I love Argento, but oh, the I last know. like 15, 20 years of his output. I know. I don't
1: get it. Like, how do you just one day wake up and go, "I'm going to suck for, for ten years"? <laughs> I I think.
2: Well, part of the problem is um, financing dried up. Yeah. for movies in Italy, and he had to go to the television state the television networks
1: right that's where that uh and i think do you i love Hitchcock or whatever it was came from right, right. yeah do you like Hitchcock do you like right.
3: yeah,
0: I
1: don't always get the names
3: right, but I'm in the neighborhood <laughs> if we if we do if we do an argento show, absolutely i'm, I'm I'm down, and I'm down to talk about things that? that other people probably won't want to talk about. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking of the, that now, and this is, again,
1: we're in the weeds, but um, what do you think about this new Suspiria? Ugh. Uh,
2: it's going to suck. Do you think? I the, Yeah, I'm sorry. They got it's the guy just, from
3: Radiohead to do the score, that's so That's the so only that. thing I know about it, <laughs> right, is that Tom York yeah, is doing the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> you know, I... You know, it drives me nuts because it's again people taking a good movie and wanting yeah. to remake it. Stop that. Stop it. Yeah. Find movies that had a, a decent premise. Well but <laughs> were poorly executed. Remake those fuckers. Or
1: yeah, that or take 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 the that ball. Mm-hmm. Take look at the look at a mare. A right. mare took the ball that Baba had and sort of ran with it. And right. By extension of that argento sort of ran with it mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm came up with something completely new, structurally, and then the narrative is a little wonky, but visually, Jesus, that film is sure. beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
2: the problem thing. with trying to do, sus- trying to remake Suspiria, is Suspiria is a specific place at a specific time that a specific person had a fever dream. Mm. Right. And it's going to be impossible to duplicate that, or better that.
3: Right. See, that's what that's where I think people fuck up, is they they... They think that the idea is good, and sometimes it's not that great. It's it's just...
0: when
1: you strip all the visual style and then strip right. it away. Yet suddenly, when you get down to its real skeleton, that, that's 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 a wonky little narrative. But okay,
3: but you're so busy going like. Oh, my God. Look at that. That looks so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Look at this symmetrical.
2: The thing with any Argento film is that it's trying to explain its plot is like trying to juggle water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Curious. You you go into an Argento film for the images and the set pieces. Right. You don't go in for a coherent narrative. Agreed. Agreed. I totally agree. And the thing I love about Susperia is, I, I, I've told this story before in other places, Argento went to the last place in the world that made Technicolor film and bought a whole bunch of unexposed film, but the film had decayed. That's why it's got all those crazy psychedelic colors
3: mm. that it has. So it's I, not it's not even that Argento was uh a, a visual uh I don't know. He's looking maverick. at Daly's going, hey, hey, that looks, look at me. Holy crap I'm that a genius.
1: Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh gun to head, what's your favorite Argento film, Tom? Um oh, I like Tenebre a severe. lot. Tenebre, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I love Tenembre a lot, and that is just whack. I also like uh, Phenomena, you know, the thing that became Creepers here in the States.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Which is... Argento always likes to refer to it as his fairy tale.
0: (laughs)
1: Peter's a monkey with a straight razor. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That slashed up his wife's face. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'll be honest... uh, I'm a big opera guy. I I, I really oh. love opera. The the set piece at the door with the gunshot... With, yeah.
3: with the
2: bullet? Yeah. yeah. It's
1: so... I, I show that to people all the time. Like, this is how you tell a story without shoving it down someone's throat. Right. It's set up just so beautifully. Mm-hmm.
3: Because movies are, for lack of a better word, gorgeous. They're
1: yeah. Just-
2: opera, the film that Jennifer Connelly said, no, I ain't doing it. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: and all that stuff, like all this swirly camera stuff, is just so great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Trying to see one of the a couple of other things I want to mention were uh,
2: and to bring it back to the subject, of course, Dario Argento did the did uh, one segment in the anthology uh, Two Evil Eyes.
1: Right. The um the better of the two, if you ask Mm -hmm. me. Um, I uh, it's a cat. Meow, meow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, the 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 makeup effect they did when they show the girl in the that Tom Savini, the grave robber, yeah. has the, yeah. with the casket open and there's yeah, that yeah. body laying in it. That right. body is amazing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to throw out Waxworks. Oh uh, yeah,
2: the 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 anthology film. That's not really an anthology film.
3: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned that. Let's see. Uh, uh, 2005's Rampo Noir is a Japanese film um, th- uh, featuring the work of horror writer Ito Rampo. It has a nice mm-hmm.
3: mixture of horror and sexuality. Hmm. As all Japanese things seem to do. Um,
1: let's see. Night Tales, the movie from 2008. It just got flavor Flav. flavor. Flavor Flame is the is the framing device. The fl- There's another one. Let me find it. Is it Hood of Horror or some bullshit like that? Um, Hood of Horror, 2006. Snoop Dogg. So it's interesting, and um, I once saw on a Halloween B.E.T. was playing these things back to back. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, they're not terrible. There's, they're every bit as good as Tales, from, Tales of Halloween, I'll yeah. say that. But all of a sudden, hey, it's Flavor flavor, Flav is (laughs) a demonic somebody with a clock around his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I want to go talk, briefly I want to just talk about, I mentioned Chillerama before. I was going to say,
3: can we we talk about how one awful Chillerama is? Chillerama is. Chillerama is terrible. And, and, it, and it's to talk about a retarded sense of itself, and at the same time, it really has that sense of, um, uh, I I don't know uh, what what it is. I'm, it has a sense of that, that whole. Let's 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 put on a show. We, sure. we don't have any money. We have this model of this, you mm-hmm. know, or we have some, you know, some some nose putty. And let's make a, a movie. So so I have a love-hate relationship with Chillerama. Mm-hmm. For uh, that reason. You, you Tom? Uh, never seen it,
2: so I can't okay. uh, comment on it.
3: You're not missing, You're much, not missing anything.
1: Yeah. Here's, what, here's what I'll say about Chillerama. Number one, it's it's really juvenile. A lot of the, 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 the positioning of it, sure, the, sure. the giant sperm thing is really juvenile. Right. Um, I think, uh, aside from having one of the greatest titles everywhere, Diary of Anne Frankenstein, it's just really poorly mishandled. I mean, it's it's like this weird Nazi rant. It could have been good. Could have been hilarious. Yeah. Um, Attack of the wear Bear. Come on.
3: It's just stupid.
1: Um, the one thing I did like was Joe Lynch's piece. The the framing the the zombies in the movie theater. Uh huh. Um, one because it was handled well, and number two there's it's so referential to the genre like right every character it's like hey it's jim it's john carpenter and it's george romero and it right. and um and it never gets like silly it almost becomes kind of a its own what where's
3: waldo right kind of thing uh I, I wanted to mention um i i'm not a big fan of the twilight zone the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i love that beginning sequence that beginning piece where they're Dan Aykroyd and yeah,
1: you, uh, you want to see something really scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: I love that man. Yeah. it's a great
1: setup. It's a great because you're you're signed on then for for absolutely. Because who hasn't been in that
3: situation of Ex- being in a car and having someone tell you a story? Right, exactly. And 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 that's why I don't like the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie didn't live up to that. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was very cool. All right,
1: all right. Um, I think we're good. Yeah. I mean, Okay, Um, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and I'm going to play you something that you're not going to believe and then uh, we'll talk some news and stuff. I guess um, uh, I'll say welcome back and um, uh, the big one I guess this week up on as far as who passed away was Adam West Mm -hmm. sure Uh, my Facebook feed is nothing but grown men weeping (laughs) about Adam West
3: it's weird
1: because
3: like we we all know um, you know the the, the, I don't know for lack of a better word the caliber of an actor that Adam West was, mm-hmm. um, and and we all know the campiness of the of the Batman series, but for people of a certain age, that was Batman. That was Batman. That was Batman. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and well, I think
2: everybody goes through that period when they're a little kid of loving that show. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can lie about it and say you never did, and you always loved the Dark Knight. But no, you loved it at some point. Oh yeah.
0: sure,
1: sure. And 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 so much of it sort of bled in. Oh my God! When I was a kid and fucking Green Hornet guested on, uh there yeah. was that thing. Oh, are you kidding me? Fortunately, and then, and then Robin was gonna fight Bruce Lee. Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Fortunately, we are very flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of people. Just you know, he was my Batman, and like people who aren't comics fans. Yeah. Posting stuff. It was
3: really nice to see uh him kind of making this uh I don't know, for lack of a better word, comeback on Family Guy. That sure. was really cool. Um and uh I uh, I was telling somebody the other day I remember seeing some soft porn movie with Adam West. <laughs> Adam and, West. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I saw a uh,
1: full full full
3: uh full blown porn with Aldo
1: Ray once. Really? Remember Aldo Ray? Yeah. Are you fucking yeah. serious? It, it wasn't, he wasn't, you know, performing, but he was right, in the movie. he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Cry Uncle.
2: What's that? It was called Cry Uncle.
1: Is it? <laughs> I don't even remember the name. Yes. Oh, my God. I just remember going, is that Aldo Ray? Dude, that's
3: a great title. <laughs> Cry Uncle. Nudging the, the person next to me at the, at the theater. Hey, is that Holy Aldo Ray? Holy shit, that's Aldo Ray. <laughs> Hilarious. That's a... I...
1: Again... <laughs> You're so welcome. The fact that you know that, sir, just makes you fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, Adam West, um, wasn't. I, I wouldn't say he I was... I
2: think that he was in, I think that the softcore porn film that he was in was The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington.
1: There you go. Maybe, that would make sense. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Because
3: that, that was a big deal at the time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do remember it as a kid, seeing it, and why I was watching softcore. Uh, I don't know. And we were all there. But we were, yeah. It was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then uh, Glenn Headley from
1: Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and um, Dick Tracy, mm-hmm. she was in Mr. Holland's Opus, died. Um,
3: and she was young. She was like 62. She was 62. And, and, uh, I, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. When celebrities die, you know, it has different, means different things to different people. And often you can kind of... You know, shrug it off. For some odd reason, that one bugged me. That, well, it, yeah, that one really bugged weird, me. Weird, the touchstones, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then finally, uh, a villain. Someone, a a bastard, a dastardly person by the name of Sam Panopolis. Panopolis? hmm uh, Sam invented the Hawaiian pizza. So... <laughs> so fuck that guy. So we.
3: So the other night... <laughs> Jennifer and I were sitting and she was commenting on how how many Adam West um posts that you were putting. She's like, I should load up my Facebook with things about um this that guy, guy yeah. this guy. And I go, "You know, are you a, are you
1: a fan, Tom, Hawaiian pizza?"
3: <laughs> I refuse to answer on the fact that it will incriminate me. <laughs> so, I was telling her at the time, I'm like, "You know, Tom hates the idea of Hawaii. It's fruit pizza. on pizza.
1: What's wrong with you?
3: No, it's
1: good. It's I know, <laughs> my wife. My wife's like, we should go get one just to honor the man. And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, all right. Moving on. Um, the Gong Show trailer is out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> wow. Stop it. Just no. You know what? I would I would be okay with with the Gong Show reboot. I don't get the Mike Myers thing.
3: I don't either. Yeah. What, Tom, are you a fan the, the of... The Tommy
2: Maitland? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that...
2: For the gong, a gong show reboot to work, you need somebody, the cynicism of Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris was a bastard. Yeah. And I yeah. say that in the best of all possible way. Having some jolly old fat man as
1: host doesn't work for me. Right. Especially one that's so clearly a fabricated character. Right. And We're supposed to buy in, but it's so Mike Myers where it's like, oh yeah, he, it's like Austin Powers. He comes with his whole mythology and right. da, da 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 da. But quite I, frankly, it's so fucking beside the point because it was always about egg- the celebrities exactly. and the contestants.
3: Yeah, like why not just have Mike Myers host the show? Why does yeah. he have to be in makeup in this this? Yeah, I don't get it. This fake character, I don't, I don't get, it. get it either. Looks terrible. It looks terrible.
1: Uh, the other thing that struck me this week, um, and I'm slowly learning this, and maybe y- y- y'all have heard of this, but the Duke is an LGBT icon.
3: Yeah. So, the way I understand it is, in Australia, Netflix uh, basically made a mistake and, and listed the Duke under their titles. Q titles. Okay. And somebody... Kind of ran with it, and when I and when you stop and you look at the Babadook drawn by the little kid, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, what is more fabulous yeah. than this so big goofy grinned? What I had
1: heard was that uh, 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 he he disrupts, comes in and disrupts families from the inside, right? And likes drama, right? And he likes hats,
3: yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Did the Babadook come out of the closet? Oh, I
1: don't was know. he a monster in the closet? I think he was everywhere. Right? He was yeah, wherever there were shadows. Yeah. yeah, it just it just blew me away. Now suddenly, because it's Pride Week, I'm seeing him appear all that's these a big places, thing, and yeah. I don't I don't get it. And um, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. But all right, uh, SpongeBob the musical coming to Broadway.
0: Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> like,
1: I don't... Are there no... I, I run into people all the time that have piles of ideas that are perfectly viable, as viable as any of this this stuff. But
3: instead... Often more so.
1: Often more so. Yeah. Uh, and instead, we get a, a full-blown SpongeBob.
3: It's, it's awful. Did you see that thing I posted that was like the proposed pitch meeting for the, the new mummy? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. It's, hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's out there. so funny. It's like
1: Gilbert was talking about the pitch meeting on Hogan's Heroes. It's like it's like Americans in a Nazi, com- in a Nazi prison camp. It's a comedy. <laughs> it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Cowboy Bebop is getting a live action.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't With, know what that means, Tom. What does that mean? But the
1: guy that wrote, this is the pedigree, the guy that wrote Thor is writing it. Okay. <laughs>
2: Cowboy Bebop is my absolute all time favorite anime. It's the only anime that I watch.
3: So immediately, you are in. You are against this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is. I mean, last time
2: we had a rumor of a live action Cowboy Bebop, but it was with Joe Reeves as wow.
3: Spike Siegel. Wow. What, where? And we dodged that bullet. What I remember most from Cowboy Bebop is the music. Yeah. It, it, well, that's crazy. what the the beauty of Cowboy Bebop is that it's a noir detective show
2: based on musical genres. Mhm. Right.
1: Yeah. I I you know, if it, it, there's so many variables here, if they get the look of it right, they're going to screw something else up. Are they going to get um same person do the music. Um, how are they going to do all of that kinetic animation? Are, from are the they going to have to contend
3: with the the bullshit that that is? It uh,
1: just going to be what's that? Into the West, you
2: know, uh, Americanize it. I mark my words. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think in general, unless it's a Japanese company making a, an a, making anime into live action movies, is just a bad idea. Why, why
1: do you need it?
3: You, you don't. You know? It's like this, this death note that Netflix
1: is coming out. It's s- like, there's no point to this.
3: I'm so glad that, and, and it'll happen eventually, I'm sure, but I'm so glad that the uh, live-action Akira with Leonardo DiCaprio did not happen. That
1: Speaking would have been
3: awful. That would have been awful.
1: For, well, for a while, Jamek let Sarah, the guy who did uh, The Orphan, and he did the... Right? Uh, House of Wax mm-hmm. was was set to do it, Ugh. and it's like, oh, that's a horrible. Eye. But then again, Ghost in the Shell hit all the markers visually, but it was just sort of soulless. I've not it's, seen it. Yet. Yeah. The Mummy premiered this weekend, and everyone says it, it's it's horrible. It looks horrible. Uh, meanwhile, Universal announced two new additions to their Dark Universe: um, Phantom of the Opera and Hunchback of Notre Dame. So
3: okay. they're doubling down. So check this out, like. I, I dearly love the Universal monsters, and yeah, so so maybe that clouds my view, you know. I don't know, but I but I, I I just think I do think all those movies are ripe for remakes. Mm-hmm. Stop turning. On one in. hand, go go ahead, sir. Well, I was going to say. On sorry. one
2: hand, go ahead, go
3: ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, stop making them into fucking action movies. They don't movies. need to be blockbusters.
1: This this Mummy Impossible thing just from the get-go was just like, what? Like, where did all this come from? Right. Where's this slow moving guy wrapped in? Yeah.
3: And it's so funny because uh, I, I I can imagine the the I can imagine the meeting where it's like, well, he doesn't really do anything. He he looks creepy and he stalks right, around. Right. 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 You know. you, could, you could have. Yeah,
1: because um, they did. They kind of did it. I think the problem is, is that as soon as Tom Cruise gets
3: involved, it becomes a Tom Cruise film. Absolutely. So absolutely, Tom. You mm-hmm. were going to say something. Go ahead.
2: On one, h- yes. On one hand, the Universal Monsters are the the first true shared universe.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Thank you, Abington. On the me.
2: other hand, yeah. On the other hand, they're trying to force a new universe on this project. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like the Hasbro they
2: Yeah, everybody seems to forget that it took four years for Marvel to build its universe.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And you then, know, whereas Universal is trying to force... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
3: No, you're, 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 you're 100% right. And, and I think... Uh, I think it will... And I'm old... But I think any attempts to uh, kind of update this stuff is really misguided. You know, like, stop trying to make it something that it's not. If you want to, if you want to, for God's sakes, if you're going to make another Frankenstein movie, don't make I Frankenstein, don't make Victor Frankenstein. Make the fucking Bernie Wrights and Frankenstein. Give it to someone that is outside of the box, that
1: isn't going to give you... Yeah, you
3: know, don't don't give of the me
1: galaxy, fast and furious and the in the that. guise
3: of of horror. Frank,
1: that's not what Frankenstein is. No, it's like a fast paced ghost story. <laughs>
3: um,
1: speaking
2: of, I'm sorry, I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing Vin Diesel has Frankenstein kind of a <laughs> car. <talk. laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: Speaking of Jaime uh I would so watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Jame Kulesza, he is directing a, a, a film about Waco, the Waco thing. Sure, sure. Um, That's right. Being written by the Mark Boll, who did Zero Dark Thirty and Mark Haynes, who wrote Kubo and the um, Two
3: Strings. Two Strings. Okay. So
1: cool. sounds like. So I don't know where he gets. He's getting this Waco thing. You know, I I, I don't know where, why that guy. Gets that gig,
3: but it's well, you know, a lot of times stuff, weird stuff like that, the stuff that seems weird, yeah, comes up because somebody has success with a particular project and they have a personal interest in something, right, right, and right. they're able, they have some leverage now, and yeah.
1: So. Which sounds like the next thing I was going to mention, and that's you, you mentioned Fast and Furious. Justin Lin has a project that Cinemax has just ordered ten episodes on. You ready? It's yeah. called Warrior. Right, ready. And it's about Bruce Lee. Oh fuck
3: me! God damn it! <laughs> Stop! That's a thing here. We're, we uh, we we really, we have a we're a big Bruce fan. We
2: already had a Bruce Lee biopic. It's called
3: Dragon, and it sucked ass. And then there was also. The legend of Bruce Lee. There's been a few. There's they're is, they're slowly going through a lot of them
1: in in Hong Kong. Which, if Hong I remember, about. is a television series. It Man started out as as sort of a Bruce related <sighs> kind of project. Yeah, because they did one. they they were doing a series of films where like the first one ended where he left Hong Kong to come to America. Right, and then the right. other one is in America. Or, yeah. Yeah. I okay. Sure. So uh, Tom, you mentioned Jennifer Connelly earlier. She just joined AMC's Snowpiercer um
0: project. <laughs> okay.
3: Wait. There's a series? They're doing a series doing a series. The, I guess they're on the train. About a fucking train. Thinking, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh a comedy called Tag
1: Being Made with John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms, Hannibal Buress and Rashida Jones. I don't it's about a game of grown up tag. Okay. In in New York. How soon before that happens? I don't know. You don't care.
3: I, I don't care. Uh, I can ask Tom. You, you're you on the East Coast. Is there, a like, a thing where people are playing tag? No. <laughs> Good. Good.
1: There we go. Getting to the bottom of things. Uh, we're going to skip the part about Forrest Whitaker being a post-popular dick film because nobody cares. Moving on to the trailers. Okay. Um, Swedish dicks. Okay, Peter Strohmer thing, Keanu Reeves.
3: Yeah, it, it, and is it a television series? I think it's a film because I saw something like episodes. It said
2: it yeah. said back to back episodes right. on the, a trailer.
3: Weird, and and if it's a TV series, I might be on board. I realized after after I watched it, I was like, okay, that's funny, and then I realized going back and watching it again. It wasn't that funny, but the last clip they, sh- the last thing they showed where the kid is the hacker, yeah. that was funny. And yeah, so that's what stuck in my head.
1: It seems pretty improvised. It seems like shot on the fly, like maybe and the Keanu Reeves being involved. I think is just a favor, probably to Peter Stromer. because Strohmeyer sure. in uh, John
3: Wick Two. He was in Constantine. Right. Guess, you know. um, By the way, I love that guy. That he that is great. He's oh. so cool.
1: Yeah, I will watch
2: Peter Stormare in anything.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: the everything that happens at the end of John Constantine or Constantine. Yeah, um, just yes. I mean that
2: devil he played oh. was absolutely perfect. So good
1: between that, and then then you throw Tilda Swinton in there. Yeah, um, and I'm really excited about this. We talked about it last week. The Bong Joon Ho thing that they're doing for Netflix. He's doing I am too.
3: Have you seen the controversy over this recently? No. Um, that. Um, Uh, Korea, South Korea, is kind of boycotting it because Netflix is releasing it at the same time uh, that it would have been playing in theaters there. Oh. And so that's... That's
0: That's not fair. It's
3: causing a lot of people to be pissed off because... Let's
1: make a little money, a little scratch before...
3: Right, right, yeah. right. But it, it it looks really interesting. It's all I don't know magic. Tape. I forget how you even how to
1: pronounce it. Omjaw?
3: So I like can't that. remember. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, Swinton doing what she does a lot these days, and that's play the the bitchy leader of a company. Sure. And, um, what did you think, Tom?
3: That was not part one of the trailers. No,
1: I know. Sorry, hello. I was yeah. I was asking you about Swedish Dicks. Oh. Uh, uh, as odd as that. Like down, I said,
2: I'll watch Peter Stormare in anything.
1: There we go. Yeah. Uh, right.
2: And, I mean, I think it's it's a little too nice, guys.
1: Agreed, sure. Agreed. But yeah, based it,
2: on Stormare's name alone,
1: yeah. I'd be
2: willing to give it a shot. Right
1: on. Yeah. Uh, next up, trailer for a thing called Flag Football, about a gay football league. That looks great. It looks great. Yeah. It, it sort of dovetails, sorry, um, a couple of weeks ago we talked about sports films. Right, and it looks like it's firing on all of all cylinders as far as sports. It's not it's not drama, but man, it looks good in a way that Hoop Dreams looks was good and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Um, well, every every documentary should have a through line. Should have a story to tell. Agreed. And it looks like it's got several stories to tell.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Right.
3: Um, I've it, always said the best documentaries start out trying to tell you one story. And then they discover another one on the way. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a film called Security, or as I call, like to call it, Die Hard in a Mall.
3: Die Hard in a Mall. That was perfect because that's exactly what it looks you like. You know, Die Hard in a
1: Mall was the pitch Kevin Smith gave for Mall Rats. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, what'd you think, Tom?
2: Not for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, it looks... So... Um,
2: I, I was not a fan of the Blank Has Fallen films. Right, right. I think Antonio Banderas looks a little long in the tooth of you doing this stuff.
3: There was a time... And, of course, we
2: have Ben Kingsley give me my
1: fucking check.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: true. Yeah, I just... I looked at it, and I just... Like a lot of Banderas's output these days, I was just like, eh, maybe... Two in the morning when nothing else will boot up, maybe. The last,
3: the last thing I saw Banderas do that it I looks, really... Go ahead. It looks like a glorified direct-to-DVD yeah.
2: action yeah.
1: film.
3: It does. Yeah. It does. The last thing that I saw that I liked from Banderas was Automata.
1: I was just going to say, I hear Automata is really great. It's really good. It remind Automata, just from the trailer, kind of reminded me of uh, Hard Boiled, the... the um, Mm-hmm. Not 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 the John Woo thing, the comic, the right. Frank Miller and mm-hmm. Jeff Adero thing.
2: Um, that being said, I would in fact pay good money for a Machete versus
1: Desperado movie. Yeah, 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 yeah that would be you cool. Know, yeah, dude, Desperado. There was there was a time when you know those directors that make you weak in the knees, Robert Rodriguez, Desperado. For me, I was just like, oh my god, this Let's, guy's the Second Coming of somebody, and um, and then he kept letting you down. And then he kept letting me down. Yeah. Um, which is shout out because the break music is, uh, Chingon, the uh, Robert Rodriguez stuff. Um, Gracefield incident. Speaking of direct-to-video claptrap.
3: I'm so sick of these found footage. Yeah?
2: Yeah, I hate found footage.
3: God, uh, bless you, sir. Bless you. So (laughs) many of my younger hip friends are all about found footage. I'm just like... Man, it just means you don't know how to make a movie. Yeah. It's like you're running around with a camera. Mm-hmm. Why, why compose a shot when you right. can just... You know, it's so funny, too, because like we're, we're coming into this age of the VR uh, filmmaking, mm-hmm. where it's a 360 experience, where it's, it's all around you, which I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so bad. And a lot of the same people who kind of tout um, found footage films are the people who are behind this VR stuff and I'm just like how could you like I and then I start thinking about it I'm like oh I get it you don't care mm. that's my opinion
0: remember
2: how I referred to Tygon as Amicus's retarded younger brother yes this film looks like Fields' retarded younger brother <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly oh, shit that's funny uh, next up couple of documentaries number one who the fuck is that guy about it looked like some guy a producer that was seemed to
3: be they in have the room his with hands everybody. In everything, yeah, uh, that looks interesting. That looks yeah, he's good. an A and R guy. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm yeah. a sucker for the these inside,
3: especially when they
2: documentaries.
3: Yeah, especially when they have something to do with with an oddball, like uh-huh. whether it's a. Uh, in this case, the guy is gay. In, in some other movie, it's because they're wh- whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I do like those. There's a great documentary. Like and
1: the name there. is me about that. He's a concert photographer. So I we, I saw him
3: on Netflix. Oh, the dude that like shot like uh, uh Metallica. Yeah, all the those, all yeah, the yeah, iconic yeah, yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, let's see, and then the other documentary is something called Chasing Coral, which I think is it looks good, looks beautiful. It
3: looks very pretty. It looks like yeah, like,
0: I don't it know. looks like a
1: special feature on um, you know TLC at, on a Saturday National
3: night. Geographic channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it, I'm surprised that it's a Netflix uh, documentary because it looks like something that should be on like the Nature Channel.
3: Exactly, right, exactly. Uh, and
2: beautiful. then
1: finally, finally the big the big land this week was uh, Black Panther. Uh, it's a superhero movie. I know how you feel about that.
2: Can I say that I'm happy that they have not forgotten the, the Christopher Priest run by including K Everett Ross?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Mark Bernardin on Fat Man on Batman said it looked like coming to America with balls. <laughs> I you
0: know,
3: it's a it's a comic book movie people who listen to the show, know I really don't give a fuck. Like it looks like every other Marvel movie. Except there's black people.
1: I would agree with you to a point. I think I think this, much like uh, Luke Cage gave an expression to the black experience. Right, right, right.
3: I think that does it better than, or at least from the looks of it. I, I hate to talk about a movie before I've seen yeah. it. But uh, I think that just, from, just judging from the trailer, it looks to me like that does a job of that. Luke Cage does a better job of that hmm. than this does, in my opinion. Um,
1: were you a fan of it, the, of the book Gro- along the way,
0: Tom?
2: I was a fan of the Christopher Priest run from the '90s
0: because
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big Christopher Priest run as a fan as a, a whole. But I love that I love that run to death, which is why I kind of punched the air when I realized, oh my gosh, that's Kay Everett's Ross who was the uh, the sidekick character in that run.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, it's pretty. There's, I like the, use, the its use of color. Supposedly, this was being shot right next door to where Ava DuVarney was shooting Wrinkle in Time. And the director on this is the guy who did Creed. So the way I hear, the stories I were hearing was that they would constantly visit each other's sets. And hmm. go like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. And what do you think about that? And how do you think people will receive this? So I'm kind of it makes me more interested. Okay. Um, uh, I like the whole vibraniums, b- vibraniums, whatever it is, um, suit that he's right. wearing. Right. Just to be able to a black guy walking casually through a hail of bullets, like in Luke Cage. It's yeah. It's always welcome, especially sure, sure. in in today's uh, climate. And then finally, um, Tom, are there anything that you've seen recently that you want to recommend to people?
2: Well, the only thing I've been watching recently is I've been revisiting this 1967 Spider-Man series.
1: The animated one?
2: The animated series, yeah. Right on. Which, I'm going to say something heretical, the Ralph Bushy stuff sucks balls.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I just remember those growing up, and just, even then, like, the animation was always, like... For me,
3: it was all about the songs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, The guy who's doing the score... Uh, just put up a, a periscope and um uh he uh in the midst of them doing the music for the the film, it slides into that classic uh, um That's song. cool. And it was kinda cool. Um you join? it? Um I mean that's
2: I enjoyed the game because there were basically two different um two different eras. There's the Gantre-Lawrence era, and then there's the Rav Bashi era. Right. The Gantre-Lawrence era is fun in a kind of a low way. It's got a lot of uh, the villains, and it's just kind of goofy, and it gets in, does what it has to say and gets out. The Bashi stuff is just terrible.
0: Wow. Hmm.
2: It's it's a lot of, over, lot of uh, stock footage used over and over again. A lot of the same stories used over and over again, and it's just bad.
3: Hmm. Wow. What did you think about his Mighty Mouse? Did you catch any of that?
2: Mighty Mouse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I liked I liked, like, the first two seasons of that when it was on. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: But then, like, the, the third season was kind of, eh. Yeah.
3: Hmm. That's It's kind of like everything like I, I don't know if Tom agrees with me or not but I have a theory that like if you're if your sure if your story can't be told in two seasons like so a lot of diminishing returns. Yeah, it's like just stop.
1: Yeah. sooner yeah. well sooner or later the well goes dry. Yeah. Unless you introduce like a well, regime I remember. change, mm-hmm. you know, midway through. Go ahead, Tom. Mhm.
2: I remember reading somewhere that the maximum amount of seasons for any show is three.
1: I'd agree with that. That's a,
3: yeah. I,
2: Beyond I, that, fatigue kind of sets in. Yeah, it
3: has to end. End. Yes. You know, that's what makes it a story. It's 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 what makes watching those things when they add this character mm-hmm. or they add and it's just well, like it's this Walking Dead thing. It's like as long
1: as we keep cycling people in and cycling them out, right? We can go on forever. It's like yeah, but
3: my attention span I don't want to watch long. this forever yeah uh,
1: anything else you've
3: seen
2: well it, it, one of the reasons I love Cowboy Bebop is there's only 26 episodes there's only two seasons of 13 yeah, episodes each and it tells a complete story absolutely you yeah. know
1: yeah. I'm
2: kind of grateful that we never got a fourth season of Hannibal
1: that, yeah. that, that, they're, they're
3: talking about doing one though that should be that should be part of your contract when you're going into the room and as the creator of a show, mm-hmm. you tell them, "Look, this is this many seasons. This is long. what happens. This is exactly."
1: I would go further and say, "Here are the scripts for the first six, and here's the the final script, and this is where we're going." Right. You know, and we can do whatever we want along the way, but but here's our here's our out. Right. Or here's our ejector
3: seat that is going to get us out. Well, of it. I think our I think our smart guy goes goes here's here's the story, mm-hmm. right? Okay and you can have the rights so you can continue some other bullshit some some you know uh spin off but this is this story and that's it like right. that's that's it agreed yeah. agreed um anything else that you've seen recently
2: uh not really
3: okay
1: that's fair you
3: uh i have been rewatching um I've been drawing a lot lately, and so whenever that happens, I tend special to re-, features. Re-, re rewatch a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it oftentimes it's special features, but that's not the case this time. Uh, um, uh, Jack Smith and the, um, I think it's called the Warlords of Atlantis. It's a documentary about Jack Smith, who was okay. a, an underground filmmaker um, in uh-huh. New York, um, who was kind of the model for later guys like Warhol mm-hmm. and these cats um, but he was a a real underground filmmaker and he never had any money and and whereas Warhol had money you know thrown at him at one point or another sure. um he's a very interesting very interesting guy horrible films as most underground films are um and uh, and in the same vein um I've been Rewatching slash listening to um, It Came From Kuchar, um, pretty much on loop, which is uh, uh, a documentary about the brothers Kuchar, who were also underground filmmakers. Um,
1: Arinon, look at you.
3: From that.
1: Speaking of brothers, I have a. Netflix just sent me the, a documentary on the two guys that wrote all the Disney stuff the boys. That came. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm
3: hey, do you remember that Blu-ray you gave me, Thundercrack? Yeah. Okay. So George Kuchar was a big part of Thundercrack, so that that kind of gives you, Have the... you... Are you familiar with Thundercrack, Tom? No. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, it's... It's a, it's, it's a. He's like, I'm uncomfortable that we're even talking yeah. about this. <laughs> uh, wow, well, that's great. That's
0: awesome.
1: That's awesome. Uh, me, uh, Tom, a and I for the last what two years now, I've been doing this movie a day thing. Right. And um, I'm mean, if you go to my website, and you can find them all, but I won't go over into too deeply. Some highlights of the week were the uh, the original "We Are What We Are," the Spanish language one. Right. Which was great. Um, French film called The Illusionist by the guy who did the trio of Belleville. Right. That was terrific. A great cartoon. Uh Clintus was hereafter, which is kind of Clint doing kind of a supernatural thing. Okay. Um, has a great sequence of a tidal wave coming in. Okay. Um and then a lot of crap. Uh I don't ask me why, but I rewatched the A team. <laughs> Man. And it was terrible. I because I wanted I was wanted to capture something that was that there was a moment in there. I'm gonna get
3: you a cat of nine so you can just flog. Just hit
1: myself with. Another another film called Basement Jack, which I don't recommend at all. Uh, a a, a Jolo called Naked You Die, which was which was fairly good, and a fun little movie called Killer Condom.
3: <laughs> Killer Condom is fun. Yeah, that that, that it is cool.
1: Uh, yeah. anybody reading anything good? No. And then we'll get out of here. No.
0: <laughs>
2: well. I've been working my way through the J.A. Conrath Jacqueline uh, Jack Daniels series okay which is very good
3: give us a a real brief super short one line what is it
2: well Jack Daniels is a lieutenant for the Chicago PD who ends up with some of the more gruesome cases and believe it or not even though it's about some gruesome stuff it's actually a comedy
3: Okay, <laughs> cool. I would read that. I yeah. I have been reading um, Robert. Uh, I always mess up his last name. McGammon's Mac, um, oh, Swanson. Oh, really? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of fine properties for a movie, dude, that would be a great. If they property. can do
1: if they can do uh, Dark Tower. They can do that. Oh, totally. Uh, totally. Let's see. Me, have it in my hand. Uh, Mission to Burma, The Executioner, Don Pendleton. Ah. I'm reading a lot of tough guy footage or tough or guy, tough
3: guy fo- uh, fiction for. Um... That's why you were so excited when when Tom started talking about pulp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, see, I'm, I'm
2: more of a Remo Williams destroyer guy.
3: Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I got into it. My entry point was Don Hamilton, um, and all the Matt Helm stuff. Mm-hmm. Which there's another one. Let's 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 do a, a, a Matt Helm. Man,
3: I want I wanna see a good Doc Savage film. Right? I wanna see a good Doc Savage
1: film. Yeah, no, I, I was reading I'm reading a lot of this stuff right now just because I'm trying to capture that voice for I'm doing a sequel to my for the first project book. you're working. Yeah yeah. In, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to recapture all that stuff without it, it sounding goofy. Um but it's so much fun and you just drop in and out. Uh anyway. That's it. That's
3: all of my recommendations. So I
1: guess <laughs> we're done. Next week we have another guest. Um
3: we, we, and it's a good one. It is I a good one. To, we're, I don't know, to, we're not going to announce it just in case it doesn't happen. I don't happen, want to but squelch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we'll see you next week, uh, Tom. Thanks as always. Where can people get a hold of your stuff? Do you have a website or?
2: Well, uh, you can find the books on Amazon. Just look up Thomas DJ. my own uh, author's page there, and all the stuff is there.
3: Right on. Right. Awesome. And for for people listening, DJ looks like. Deja. Yeah, it's D E J A. D E J A. Right
1: and I again, I apologize, sir, for misrepresenting you for so many years. <laughs> well, it was an honor to meet you, sir. It's had, okay. We had, we had, I had seen your name so many times uh, in the same issues as mine and stuff, and I was, always, it's always nice to, to to hook up. And now we're going to bring you back for the Argento show. Bam! That's how friends were made. Bam! All right, guys. Uh, see you next week for the Bonus Material Podcast I'm Tom Carnell and
3: I'm Langley West stay scary